The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're here to talk some free agency news today. A lot of discussion about Odell Beckham now. Uh, He's making a push to get signed and the Ravens reportedly are in the mix to get him. Older receiver, obviously, will turn 31 in November. This is, to me, an excellent point to discuss resource management and franchise building. Here to do that with me is Garnett West. Garnett, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing, kid. I'm doing good, Cam, man. Thank you for uh, inviting me on, man. It's been a long time. Man, good, just bring back good memories, man. It has been a long time, Garnett. You're one of the really great friends of this show, uh, I, I I went out and saw a review from you and and uh, all of the the contributions you've made over the years. I've really appreciated it, and uh, uh, you've been a good friend and good friend of the show in particular. I really appreciate that. Uh, so Odell Beckham, he's out there. Uh, Ravens fans uh, seem to be frequently very positive on options to pick up veteran receivers. I'll put it that way. Or at least there's a highly vocal, at least minority out there on Twitter who's who's eager uh, to get him. Uh, to me, this is kind of a classic resource management case is, is what's the what's the right price on a player like Odell Beckham, who's been in the year league a number of years, and there certainly would be questions about what his production would be going forward. Yes, sir. And I, with, 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 with what you said, it's a perfect, uh, you know, analogy for it is, you know, it really all comes to uh, really uh, what's on the, what's on the market and what's available. 
how I look at it and um, how a lot of fans view it, especially with the whole, you know, Lamar Jackson case and uh, just seeing him, you know, have seen the addition of Todd Monk and a lot of things. I think a lot of people are almost inflating. I would say it's super inflating the price, but depending on who you're talking to, it might be super inflated price. But, but yeah, I, you know, it can go for, range from, you know, a nice little single digit to a, a enormous double digit for some so forth, so yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about what's what's a reasonable price for Odell, but maybe maybe some of the other things we'll talk about first. Now, one of the things that got me in a little bit of trouble is yesterday I said I wouldn't want to give up a fourth round compensatory pick for Odell Beckham, and of course, since the Ravens are likely to get a fourth for the loss of Ben Powers, signing Odell Beckham would mean they would lose the rights to that pick. Except Odell Beckham didn't play for anybody last year. So they're not signing him away from anyone. So I was corrected by that. Thank you, T'Challa, for for uh, uh, correcting me and making sure I, I I don't have that wrong. It it still is interesting in a way to look at the relative value of a fourth round pick versus Odell Beckham. I think it's it's an interesting concept in franchise building. It does not apply here, but on the other hand, it, it underpins a lot of my thoughts about Odell Beckham in terms of whether it's better to build your wide receiver room or any position for that matter via the draft or free agency? Uh, yes, sir. And, and the biggest thing, how I somewhat view it, Ken, is on the uh, the, the uh, reconstruction of the wide receiver room is basically wh- where do you feel, how comfortable do you feel with that room? And I think a lot of fans are don't, don't feel comfortable. You know, obviously, you know, we already got a, I, I really hate to call him an injury poem receiver, though that's the guy that I wanted in Bateman. I, you know, you know, hopefully third years of charm, I, you know, hope. And then, you know, just Prochet, Wallace, and, you know, uh, Duvernay. It's just a lot of people just feel, you know, com- not comfortable with that. And But at the same time, a lot of people feel that it's one receiver away, feel for it, instead of just, you know, for future reference. People are, like, more focused on the uh, win-now approach than the, you know, just, you know, building, I should say, for future plans. I, I'm. I guess I'm. I, I would agree that the wide receiver room has a lot of question marks in it right now. I'm not excited about rebuilding it under any uh, method because they're all expensive. Whether it's draft capital or or cap, you're paying. Um, it's going to be expensive no matter what. But I think the Ravens' particular situation would lead to a. I would lean to a multi-year rebuild rather than an immediate rebuild. So on a player like Beckham, is going to spill the beans on some of this, but I would pay less than some other team would pay who really needs him this year. Uh, and I just, I'm just, I'm not convinced with the, that the Ravens have their quarterback situation decided yet. I think it's still possible. Lamar does not play for the Ravens in 2023, even though I think it's likely, um, but they may decide, Hey, look, we're, we're not going to be able to make you happy. We have to trade you. And there might be a team out there that steps up and says, okay, we'll give you a, a, a spate of, ba- of draft picks and the Ravens will look at that and say, you know what? That's the way to rebuild the franchise. Right. It, it, the whole thing about it, like uh, how I look at the whole Odell thing is really what you just talked about with, with uh, Lamar. And um, it the situation or the setting as of right now is so, uh, you know, in limbo that it's like it almost made me think about it. I was so sure about I wanted Odell. But it felt like loose ends need to be tied up in order for me to feel fully uh, committed into wanting him. 
And, you know, how you you stated, well, basically a lot of people were like, hey, you think we, you know, we lock up Odell with that entice Lamar into becoming, you know, Raven long term. And because that shows that you're they're willing to, I guess, to a lot of people, that shows that the commitment in order mm-hmm. to build a better room around them. Because I think that's where a lot of talking points uh, come about was the cheapest offense or a lackluster receiving room that you always had or, you know, you know, always, you know, a lot, you know, a lot of discussions, you know, come off that. So, but yeah, it, I feel like, you know, the whole Odell thing really just goes back into just like what we're talking about when it comes to the money aspect of it. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think you're right on the money. I think the Ravens uh, are one of the teams along with the chiefs and the Packers who decided basically a year ago, they weren't going to pay the market value prices for receivers that were going through the roof. Miami decided the right way to go is go out and get Tyreek Hill, pay him a ton of money. And then, you know, they, they obviously had Jalen Waddle as well in the draft. And, and that pairing ended up being pretty terrific. Um, uh, Miami still ended up falling short a little bit because their quarterback, um, you know, got his bell rung a few times. I, I, don't, I don't mean to be flip about it. Concussions are a serious thing. But, uh, right. you know, it's, it, it, when you can't for sure keep your quarterback on the field, it obviously reduces the value of your wide receivers in terms of, of being, uh, uh, you know, where they are. So I, I'm, I, it's not that I'm opposed to any wide receiver. And in particular, I think some of the stylistic fits that Munkin would need would make sense. So if this were a different season, in 2015, the Ravens made kind of an emergency trade at midseason and picked up Givens mid-year. Remember him? This is a speed merchant, a guy who made a lot of sense for the Ravens at the time because they didn't have anybody like that, and they were really short on wide receivers. Traded a seventh-round pick to get him. Um, that kind of, uh, uh, of stylistic fit, I'm all for trying to find that player, particularly on his first contract, not too expensive, maybe unhappy somewhere, come to the Ravens, try and be happy. I'm okay with all those. The, the the problem is that every year, more than once, I do the the state of the Ravens roster, and I'll divide the roster into five groups. The first group is young producers, and those are the guys on their first contract who are are big advantages relative to the cap. The cap is our ultimate rat master in the NFL. It is our ultimate master. It is the constraint every team must live with. In addition to draft picks being a constraint. Um, and those players who are on their first deal and making way under what their value is, and also with some projected improvement, usually in the in the ages of 23, 24, 25, as they're just getting started in the NFL, those players are the most important assets every team has. You know, we talk about it at quarterback, and it's very well recognized there, but it's important at every one, every position in, in terms of having cheap, cheap contract. So if you if you sign Odell Beckham, you sign him at market value. So he's whatever he, not whatever he thinks, but whatever the market decides is his value in terms of of who eventually bids the highest. That that's the team that's going to get Odell Beckham. They're going to get him probably for one year. It might be for two, but it's it's not a long term commitment. And you wouldn't want it to be a long term commitment given the 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 way that his you know his play has been in decline now for for a number of years. So which we need to go over by the way in a minute. But, right. I, but I, just the, the, the point being that you don't win championships because of the veterans you sign at market value. You win championships because of how much additional value over cap your young players deliver. That's where you win championships. Yes, sir. And, my whole, and the whole thing about the because uh, I think me we we have I'm somewhere on your side, but also in the middle a little bit of it. 
my whole thing is for question for you for the Odell, and you're stating that you you believe that he's uh decreased in uh you know mm-hmm. just in his play, and I do agree in certain areas, but at the same time, due to injuries, I should say. But like, what is the driving factors for you for o- Odell? Basically, you know, you, I'll say a shell over a shell over his former self, but just the decreasing well, value. I should say. Let's let's look at it. So, if you go to Pro Football Reference right now and look up Odell Beckham, the most important characteristic or the most important statistic for any wide receiver, and I've said this many times on the show, I bet you know what I'm going to say here is yards per target. Okay, not yards per reception. It's yards per target. So that's just, when you throw the ball to Odell Beckham, how many yards can you expect to get? Let's t- let's take a look at Odell's career. So he came into the league in 2014, took the league by storm at 10.0 yards per target. That is a fantastic number. Um, it is, you know, it would be the fifth highest, I believe, in Ravens history. Um, and he did it on 130 targets. And his, his targets expanded over the next couple of years. And his yards per target decreased over that same period as he got more attention more double teams, more effort paid to him. Did somebody else get paid off for that? Maybe, but 9.2, 8.1 yards per target the next two years when he was still an all-pro player. Then he, he dropped to 7.4, back up to 8.5 in his last year with the Giants in 2018. So that's five years ago now, folks. And that's the last time I think Odell was really a big plus. That was at age 26. The Giants got rid of him after that year in an absolutely enormous trade, which we'll go over in a minute. But um, then with Cleveland, 7.8, 7.4. And then in, in 2021, his worst year yet, 6.5 yards per target. I know a lot of people point to the time he had with the Rams, and and uh, he was a little better than that. Um, he was actually uh, it was only 6.4 yards per target with the Rams, very much a, uh, a uh, red zone target and a, uh, a short yardage chain mover, if you want to call him that. But he's just he's not the receiver, obviously, he once was. I'd be happy to get 2016 Odell Beckham at the kind of money we're talking about here, but that's obviously not available. We'd be paying more. Um, just got to be realistic about who this guy is. And he did not play in 2022. I think if you're two years removed, from a point where you didn't play well in 2021, I am tremendously worried about your production, particularly entering your age, the season where you will turn 31 on November 5th. So I, I, that, that I, I think I can't do a better job probably of summing up how concerned I am other than to just use yards per target because it's the most important statistic. I will say one other thing with Odell, though. As his targets have been reduced, that will often create more a situation where he does not have as many marginal targets. He's not getting as many contested catches um, where the quarterback automatically throws it to him as a bailout guy, for example. But there's other marginal targets that, that go along with that. And he should improve his yards per target. That didn't happen with Odell. Um, he continued to, to get a you know a reasonable number of targets, but but greatly reduced from when he was early in his career, 82 in 14 games in 2021 versus 158 in 15 games at his peak in 2015. And yet his catch percentage still went down. This is a, this is a man with significantly diminished skills at this point in his career. So Kim, with that being said, so here's the thing, cause uh, I'm trying to figure out like the Brown situation, the first year he had a, over a thousand. The yeah. Second year, yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. 
uh, and the the second year though, well, the following year, I should say, you we know, you know, just adding the whole Baker and or just the authors in general or whatever for somewhere, it was just a weird disconnect. Like, do you think that might play in the the you know the numbers being down? Or what would you think about that? I mean, I mean, I think that's a that's a fair criticism. But then he went to play with Stafford and a Rams offense that really had it together, had a lot of other weapons, and certainly had Cooper Cup being a, a dangerous player there. And he was worse. He he dropped a six point four yards per target for the second half of that year. In fact, he played more games with the with the Rams than he did with the Browns. So were there were there reasons in two thousand twenty? Why he dropped off with Baker having a bad year of of uh, you know. Just yeah, not not being as effective. Actually, we 2020. I'm trying to remember if Baker was effective that year. 2021, he was terrible, and then 2022, he barely he barely played. Right? Yeah, yeah. Baker had like a, a pen, like a some a Benjamin or something in the shoulder or some kind of injury of that nature. So I know that affected the, the deep ball, the long ball. I remember they used to like force feed, you know, Odell on speed sweeps or jet sweeps or whatever you want to call it. They, they tried to find ways to give him a ball, but it was super obvious about how Cleveland tried to do it. But uh, yeah, but my whole thing was this with the Rams. So you don't think with the Rams, like where he just pop up in the middle of the season where they try to throw some things together. And, you know, I'm just talking from the fan side of how they view the whole Odell situation. You just think that that might also play a part where, hey, we're trying to get you acquainted with this office as fast as possible and quick, fast, in a hurry and just glue in the right time. Because I know, like you just said, the Super Bowl run, was a lot of people's go-to where if he didn't probably tear his ACL on that grass or on that turf, he might have been the Super Bowl MVP. So I think, you know, that, I think I'm just answering questions for the the side that thinks, oh, my God, we need to get Odell because we saw this a couple of years ago. So I'm just trying to figure out how, you know, how would you view that part? I, I can't make too many excuses for the other players around him. Obviously, I think he had a pretty good, pretty damn good situation in LA. You can talk about the midseason thing, but you know, that should mean less targets, better targets. It shouldn't mean force feeding um in a system where he's the best receiver and the only chance they have. I mean, they, they, LA had a lot of other um receiving options and they were able to move the ball effectively and score as they needed to 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 get to the Super Bowl that year. I'm just, I have a lot of trouble uh, saying that Odell's situation was not about as good as it could have been for Odell in the second half of 21. And then I, I definitely would not point to the injury and say, well, then his production declined because of the injury in 22. That's terrible. The injury at age 30 is terrible. I mean, it's, it's you, it, every one that occurs across the NFL, you should be worrying, is this player ever going to be good again? Does he, does he have a chance to play again? In, in many cases, it's often the end. And Odell's back. It seems like he's he's working out. He's you know he's trying to get back on the field. But Des Bryant did too, and Des Bryant ended up thinking he was more valuable than he was. Not signing with anybody. Waiting three years again to play. It took two full years off. And the problem was that that Des Bryant hadn't been a good player for three years. His last three years as a player. Yeah. Beforehand. So, yeah. So I, I'm I'm. I, I think the situation is more analogous between Odell and Dez than it is versus versus many other receivers. But why don't we shortcut this a little bit, um, Garnett, and say, what do you think is a reasonable over under for? Okay, I'll give you three statistics. I'd like you to like you to give me. You can think about this for a while while we talk about some of the other things. But yes, the sir. first is games played. Okay, and then I'll talk targets. 
and maybe look at the rest of his career in terms of what he's had in, in targets, targets per game, and and what he got, and then in terms of yards per target, um, uh, or, or or you can just give me yards because you're you're giving me targets in games, and and then we'll see what that would work out to in terms of yards per target. Uh, I, I think I, I I don't think this is a place where I'd be too optimistic about uh, about what will happen with Odell in in uh in 2022 and I think it ends up being if you if you're going to get him a contract it really has to be very incentive laden um and and have that be the the uh what you're really uh at risk for is is it, he's he's essentially paying for his play or you're paying for his play yeah yes sir and I'm right there with you I think that's what me and I it's crazy that me and uh Vasilis Ricos, this, you know, uh, Vaz, we were discussing about, you know, the contract, what it would be. And it's like, hey, it's, it's really just a prove it deal, how, how I will do it, like for him. Just, you know, games, you know, availability based, uh, performance based, obviously performance based, but just, you know, just showing that you have, you're able to stay on the field and, you know, produce at the level that you want to get paid. So that that's why I'm like, basically like you, where I'm not going to overpay you know, initially, but if you can prove, you know, during that 17 game stretch where you are, you know, worth it, I'm, I'm going to see what I can do for you. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, while you're thinking about that, I do want you to, to, to I, I'm, I'm going to work through how, what I think he do in terms of games and targets. Yes, sir. Let's see. Yeah, that's good. This is. All right, let me see what that. We're out. we're talking just career base or a season, season sir. No, this, this is just for. I I think he'd be signed for one year. So I think you know you you'd look at this year only. Okay. Uh, give me his games, targets, yards, and yards per target. And this is by the way, this is with the Ravens. So that with the there'd be maybe some constraints on the total number of touches just because of who Lamar is. He takes a lot of touches away from receivers himself, which is. Which is one of the problems for uh, receivers staying here in Baltimore. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For the um, I'll say for the uh, I'll say for the games play, I'll start there and I'll just work my way across. Sure, and you go ahead. We're talking just for your projected projected games play in Baltimore for one year. Say yep for the following year. I'll say I really would say all, I would say all seventeen. That's me. Okay, I'm, I, I my my number is twelve. Twelve. So, so yeah. So I think you know there's multiple reasons why it could go wrong, but uh, there's only one way it goes right with 17 games. So he, he could he could be hurt in in some minor way. He could be hurt in a major way, and he could be cut for lack of production. So I think there's 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 multiple ways it could go wrong, but uh, there's no way I could go to 17 games. So you, so I'm what I'm thinking. So you really think the lack of production is going to be a very like tremendous for him? I'm just it's a risk. It's a risk. big risk. Oh. Yeah, and yeah. It's a, it's a big, guy hasn't played in two years. I mean, right right there, that tells you that, that there's a there's got to be a big risk. He's coming I, off an injury. I mean, you know, the man. chance of him being on the field is. I I, I we're not gonna we're not gonna be able to have a sensible discussion if if the only if the only outcome here is that he's gonna play 17 games. Yeah, but you think you know coming out the gate, Baltimore, you know us. We're not. You think they're having like a nice snap count control over them? I'm not. That's why I'm. Yeah, I'm I, I, I agree. That will happen. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, but 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 you know they have snap count control over players like Duvernay and uh, you know Robinson and others, and and those guys weren't able to make it through a whole. Actually, Robinson was able to make it through a full season, I believe. 
but but Duvernay, you know, did not. And even though he's a young man, and and it's just anytime you're projecting games for any player, any age, there's a lot of risk of downside from 17 just because of injury. That's true of any any player, any position. So anyway, I don't I don't want to I don't want to you know. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to the game, please. <laughs> so how about targets? So you haven't been playing 17 games. Yeah, so yeah, I got them playing 17 games, but I think target wise, I'll think, I'll say the 121 threshold for targets. That's that's me, 121 right there. 121 targets. Yes, sir. Okay, that's a massive number. Yes. I have them. So you've got them at let's see seven targets per game, basically a 7.1. Um, so I, I said four and a half targets per game. I have him at 55 targets for the season. Uh, can not to go just a little bit. It's a substitute. Remember how I used to make those little uh, pie charts that I used to get uh, criticized by <laughs> Coach Evans a lot by. So you know, I have nothing but years of of those. Uh, you know, dating back from 2020 all the way uh-huh. till now. And the biggest thing that I noticed about the, uh, the wide receiver targets, even dating back to uh, then, like it always were a nice balance between the number one receiver and the number two. Obviously, uh, you know, Mark Andrews got you know, majority of it, we all know just as the go-to guy. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply you know, the bailout guy, but a guy, we never, the number two guy, you know, we had a Bateman after he took over for uh, Sammy Watkins during the time, but the number two guy was always basically on projection to be in that 121. If they all, if they just stayed to, you know, stayed on route or stayed on course instead of, you know, obviously injuries, what you mentioned the first time or yeah. whatever, but it's just always that number, literally, that's why I say 121, because like Baltimore, I know this is Todd Monk and this might be different, but it might be the same. We don't know. We'll, you know, get to see it, but it's always there. So that's what I'm saying, 121, especially with Odell, we're talking about paying him a certain price. I think Baltimore is always known for getting the value out of people, especially if they're paying them. That's just me. That's all. Okay. So, you know, if, if I look at two players last year, uh, Robinson, I, I don't actually know if he's active for that Cleveland game on 1023, but he played either 16 or 17 games. And against Cleveland, he didn't have a target. He had 75 receptions, or sorry, 75 targets during that time. That's a little bit over four and a half targets per game. Uh, Duvernay had, you know, 14 games played and 49 targets. That's three and a half per game for Duvernay. Uh, I, I likely, you know, you could look at, uh, yeah, how about 60. Bateman? How about Bateman? Bateman had 28 targets in six games. So he's right. right there at just over four and a half targets per game. I can't project anyone 
getting seven targets a game. I mean, Mark Andrews um, played 15 games at 113. So he got like seven, seven and a half, seven and change targets per game. But uh, there, I, I, I just, I got, I got, I'm sticking with my numbers here. I've, I've tried to give you good reasoning. So you've got about seven targets per game, and I've got about four and a half. That's, so a, that's obviously a big difference in yardage projected. Right. So and so here, so here's my here's my thing though. I think from future from future you know from past past tense. We're so used to seeing, you know, uh, the three guy. I said the WR three, the wide receiver three, always being rotated, or you know, I'm saying with Duvernay, or we can say with a, you know, the guy. I'm saying even I know Robinson plays the X, but we're so used to seeing so many people come in and just trying to see if we can just, you know, strike fire out of something, you know, get a spark out of something. Sure. And I just think that, like I said, for my whole thing with uh, with Odell. And under like I'm just thinking optimistically, you know, optimistic. I don't think that's a word. Optimistic for for Bateman. I mean, for Odell with the Ty Munkin connection or somewhat. I just think that there's something that can be had if he's healthy. I just that was. I don't think I I understand what you're saying when it comes to Des Bryant and you know you know not playing all these years and he was already deteriorating as a player compared to Odell, where I really don't see athletically, I see maybe the speed ain't top speed anymore, but he can still run his routes, sink his hips a lot. That, that's where somewhat just throws me off just a little bit. That's why I'm somewhat, you know, number-wise going off. But yeah. Okay. You're, well, one, you're, yeah. you're optimistic. So uh, how many yards do you have Odell for with 121 receptions? So I'll, I'll see about, uh, I'll say about 11, 1100. Yes, sir. 1100 yards. <laughs> okay. Yes, uh, so this is most of this can be explained by the first couple of numbers, but the uh, yes, 1100 yards would be an enormous jump up in terms of productivity per catch to back up to 9.1 yards per target. He's only been that high once in his career, I believe. So you'd have to go back twice. His first two seasons, he was at 9.1 or higher yards per target. You know what, Garnett, this is going to be a great show because this illustrates kind of like expectations for receivers and and all the places that this kind of thing can fall apart. But in terms of yards per target, I, I'd say that's that's kind of unrealistic. But you've got about 9.1 yards per target. I've got about 340 yards, which I think for 55 receptions would put up at 6.2 yards per target. It'd be a new career low, but he's also two years removed from having 6.5. And I don't know how I could estimate him for some big bump up in deep targets he's really a possession receiver i think if he if he's paired up with aguilar um you know aguilar is going to be the the bigger deep threat on this team uh and so what you're what you're getting with with a with a beckham would be more of a intermediate guy and you hope that he becomes a really good contested catch receiver and can can get you some first downs and that, i don't think that would be terrible if they signed him at the right amount of money to a contract like this but but we can kind of see as we project through this, and I, I'm, I'm re- reminded back to the Lee Evans acquisition, how optimistic everyone was about that, including me. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, first of all, there are a bunch of people who had him for 1,400 yards. Well, there aren't very many receivers in the entire league that get 1,400 yards. But when you look at the, you know, element by element of he's probably not going to play every game, he's probably not going to get quite that many targets per game, he's probably not going to get quite that many yards per target, you, you, have, you end up with muted numbers kind of across the board you 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 have painted a a picture for odell that i think odell would pay 
$15 million to put up these stats in terms of how it would increase his future career earnings. That's, that's what I, I feel about it. Like he's, he's got no right to expect anything like that. <laughs> so, so he would pay personally 15 million to have those stats and then be able to take that a market to the market again in a year. Um, yeah. But so here's my thing. I feel like, uh, so 2019, I'll say this, um, it was very, a lot of unexpected things was, we don't, we didn't know what to have, you know, expect from the offense. Right. And it's almost the same ordeal. I'm, I know the, the Lamar thing is crazy, right? That's the whole story, right? But we're just saying the pop in, in, in our in our dimension right now, Lamar is there. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, a full camp, which, like I said, will play, would, I feel like will do wonders for Odell, being in our facility, being there, learning the system, figure out how, how it's going to go. It, I feel like the defense side will, you know, we don't know what to expect from the rip. We just know maybe the 13, 22 personnel, you know, a c- couple things that we know, but we don't know what, what are we expecting with Todd Monkey in the game, in the mm-hmm. new game that's there. So I feel like a lot of things goes, uh, ties into my, you know, Odell. Odell has to do his part, what I'm saying. Like, if he does his part, uh, you know, you know, at minimum, it should, it should be like an 800 receiver, in my opinion. Like, that's that's just me. Like, it minimum. So that's how I somewhat look at it again. I'm just trying to look at just every aspect for, you know, the yardage wise, but yes, sir. So Mark Andrews is a player who's certainly earned Lamar's trust. And he's, uh, he's a guy, he's a, the go-to target currently on the Ravens. He's a durable player, although he hasn't played every single game. He's been a you know, durable player in, in the beginning of his career, which is important because that's not where Odell is. Um, and if you look at his career, he's topped 800 yards three times. And it's 847, 852. And then, of course, his huge year in 2022, 2021, rather, when he had 1,361. Uh, he's, you know, he's averaged 860 yards a season. That's Lamar's first target. Uh, you know, th- there, are to- there are fewer total passing plays to hand out in Baltimore, fewer total touches for receivers, fewer total snaps for receivers. Unless you're right, the Todd Monken thing is a very legitimate question that we may see a lot more 11 personnel this year. I don't think the, the Ravens' current personnel like makes me believe that it's going to be a complete abandonment of some of the Roman run principles that Lamar's done so well with. I think right. you know they, they'll probably pass more um, just because you know the things I've heard from Monken have been very good in terms of of attacking the defense by forcing them to defend every bit of space. I really love hearing that. That's a balanced offense if you can force them to defend as much space as possible. If you if but but I, I just I can't bring myself to believe that that's going to mean the Ravens are going to become an 11 personnel team like every other team in the league when their personnel and all the tight ends they have tell you that's where a lot of their talent is. Right. Especially when it comes to the Mark Andrews and likely we're still trying to figure out what the you know what you know call Charlie Kohler you know can be in this offense and um yeah it it brings up a good question and obviously you still got Pat Ricard maybe you you know bring him as, as the, uh, the you know the, the blocking tight end I've just you know going off on the episode that I heard with you and Alec not too long with the tight end breakdown that you guys mm-hmm. which was a great episode shameless plug right here appreciate, <laughs> appreciate that Garnett thank yes, you sir but yeah but my whole thing is just I just I I'm just thinking from you know Todd Munkin's scheme and system is basically to develop space for players. And I still think that, you know, with uh, Odell, he can still develop space within himself in, within a good scheme. That, that's all I'm okay. I think. Yep. 
Okay, well, that's fair. That's you know, that's fair. Um, in terms of of the stylistic fit for the Ravens, this is this is kind of one of my other concerns about getting a player like Odell is that I think they they really the the, the player they really lack is a lid lifter at this point. They've got great tight ends who can do a lot of, frankly, what Odell can do now. Um, you know, if, if Odell lines up in the slot and Odell's going to want to move around, he's not going to want to be just the X, I don't think. I don't think he's going to want to be just the Z uh, either, obviously. I think he's going he's to want to move around, uh, be used as a big slot, be used as an X sometimes. But but he's going to say, no, you got to feature me in the offense and, you know, I, I've got to have a chance. Well, the Ravens have a ton of big slot options, and it starts with their huge stable of tight ends. So I think it makes sense for him to be on the field as a backup X when Bateman is not and on the field as a Z on a lot of other plays. Uh, the Ravens don't use their motion from their Z receiver all that often. They use their motion a lot from the tight end. So it, it, the, the, the the flanker case, which totally does not meet Odell Beckham, is is not a, uh, a mismatch necessarily. And then you still have some route uh, uh, scheme you can, you can do with him. I just – I am not uh, – optimistic that he gives the Ravens a lot of stylistic difference from their big tight ends. I, and in fact, guys like Kolar and likely and Andrews himself who are flexed out, I think provide you a lot better options after the catch in the middle of the field. Uh, if the Ravens can get their play action game going and if Lamar can get back to the point, maybe with the mesh point as well, that they're getting the, the bad reads from inside linebackers to get behind those players. So that's that's I I you know, he, he's not a send him down to the sideline guy anymore. That's not who Odell Beckham is. Uh, he's not the he's not even really the same magician in terms of of, of coming down with the ball. His catch rate's been dropping a lot over the years. So I'm trying to figure out what is it that Odell Beckham gives the Ravens that they don't have right now with their stable. And I'm I'm coming up a little bit empty on this. So with that being said, we're going back to uh you know talking about the tight ends and you know. What value does Odell bring versus our tight end <clears throat> tight end group? Like with the whole likely thing and um oh likely versus Odell, like how do you I understand, you know, the yak ability that you know likely brings on the, on the backside. Also just you becoming a you know, hopefully you put some weight or some more weight on, be able to become a better blocker because we're gonna need it. Right. But for Odell's standpoint, like, you know, you start you're saying that he's gonna be working out the slot, but you know what you don't see any difference between them two whatsoever, just being a better, maybe, you know, a guy that can be more agile, maybe more burst coming out, or it just, or it's just, you know, he think you think he is this, he's not what we thought we would, or not what we think he is still, you know what I mean? Um, I, I, I don't, he's not the speed player that he once was. So I, I would say I'd start with that. And that's true. You know, I, I don't I don't bang him too much about that. That's just the nature of the game is that that he's not that player anymore. Um, you know, you mentioned the, the, the physicality and whatnot. That is a place where he would he falls down relative to pretty much all the Ravens tight end is in any kind of a contribution he would make to the Ravens run game as a blocker. So I, I don't think we we'd disagree on that. It's just not what Odell is 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 really known for. Um, he's by the way, Odell is not a big guy. He's five eleven. He's not. He's not six two, six three. You know, one of these massive receivers. So I, I think you know, in terms of what he can give the Ravens, anywhere close to the edge of the line of scrimmage is going to be less. 
So you have to really believe that Odell has some of the wiggle at the top of the route, and that's where it would have to come to, say, beat a corner there for space. Um, if, you, if you're talking about other players, uh, the, the tight ends in particular, I think they give you the bodying off the ball at a much better rate. They give, they give you a bigger body in level two to push people around in the run game. And I think they give you more after the catch in terms of running with the football um, and not getting taken down. So yes, I think those three would be my my feelings about it. Okay, awesome. That, that, that's what I wanted to just, just ask you about. So you just think uh, Otis is just basically a nice little cane-moving type of receiver, basically, in a way. Just, oh, gotcha. Yeah, get, get him to the top of the route tree. Hopefully he can wiggle free, um, get a completion. Uh, I, I would not expect a lot of big plays out of Odell. I don't think you, you know, you're going to see vertical explosiveness from him that, that he once had. Uh, and I don't think you're going to see the really outstanding plays after the catch. And, you know, we, I went to that game against New York giants in 2016, where he, uh, the Ravens made a, a actually a pretty minor misplay, but, but Weddle got in the way of Tavon young. I think Tavon young got hurt on the play too. That that really sucked, and then Odell went the distance for the game-winning touchdown. I sh- I don't think we're going to see a lot of that from Odell in in 2023. I think the the likelihood is greater for disappointment on multiple fronts uh, in in terms of what it'll be. And I, I just I just want to set expectations reasonably. I think we we've done a a reasonable job of looking at that in terms of how it's how it's easy to be optimistic about a receiver maybe I'm too pessimistic you know that it, it could well be that that 340 yards is a is a very unreasonably low number one way to check is see how markets look at it right. there will be an over under on Odell Beckham's yards that comes out from various sports books going into this year it's and uh I, I don't think it's going to be a big number <laughs> I, I think I think it might be around 500 yards and maybe may less than that and uh, it, it'd be interesting. So, uh, so we'll see how markets price that uh, that one in particular. We will see, my man. Yep. <laughs> All, right. All right. But getting back to the other thing is that if you're going to pay, let's say they expect to pay $5 million to Odell Beckham for this season. So it's a vet men contract, $4 million incentives. And they're pretty sure since it's based on 2022, that's going to hit all his incentives. If they're going to pay him $5 million, that's $5 million of cap that they will not have in a future year. They either won't have it in 2022 or they won't carry it over into 2000, sorry, 23, or they won't carry it over into 24. So that is another concern. And if you're one of the roller coaster parody guys and not one of the, the level performance guys, and I'm a level performance guy as a season ticket holder, there's reason to want to save that money. And uh, I don't believe in spending a lot of money on free agents if the Ravens cannot figure out the Lamar Jackson situation. I think they're in a rebuild already. If, if their plans already include drafting AR 15 and uh, letting Lamar Jackson go for draft picks, and that basically commits themselves to a two year rebuild here. I'm, I'm actually okay with that in this particular circumstance, but, it, but it would be a, uh, it would mean don't spend money on wide receivers. What it would tell me, particularly don't spend wide receivers on uh, money on wide receivers this year. All right. So, just, just so I want to, you know, make sure I heard you right. You said that seven. If we spend, say, seven mil or five mil on, on Odell, just for you know, for myself and people out there, and you said for future cap, like, how does that play a part? Just, just to be sure. Okay, so, so just to be clear, however the Ravens pay Odell, um, they need either pay him in cap dollars from this year or cap dollars they borrow from next year. 
but it's not those dollars are effectively the same meaning that they whatever they don't use this year they can they can carry over and spend next year and so next year if the ravens are ready to make a run at it well great they'll have some extra cap to spend and that could really help uh another thing is you know they've already built in a bunch of void years into the contracts of gus edwards and a couple of the players right now it's the first first toe in the water for the Ravens ever doing this. So they're not an organization which spends future money lightly. Um, The not likely to be earned bonuses, which come with the, you know, incentive laden contracts, that's spending future money. You'd spend, you know, if if it was 1 million and it's 5 million, if he meets certain incentives, that's spending 4 million of 2024 cap right off the bat. So I'd be very, I'd be upset about that if they did it when they're not really set to make a run. Ah, I see what you're saying. That, that, that works out perfectly for them, especially like, you know, just have a better grasp at it. Because I know a lot, I, you know, I hear, you know, sometimes you'll say, or other people, I'm like, okay, how does that work? You know, do I just carry, carry four, more, four million until it? Nah, now I completely understand. Yes, sir. Yeah, they, they, any money they don't spend this year, they can also carry forward. So okay. they restructure contracts and they, and they, um, you know, they may have, they try and get five or six million dollars when they start the season. So they have enough money to get through the season with the transactions they'll need to make, signing a bunch of people with the vet minimum and, and other things. And then th- that if if they don't spend three million of that, then they can carry that over till next year. If they have a ton of injuries, they might actually have to do even more restructuring during the season to generate additional cap that is effectively spending money from future years. So that's I I I really do not like, especially just the way this team is structured. I'm, I'm not, I'm not really okay with that this year. I don't think this is a, this is an obvious contender to me. And so, if that's the case, then I'm not really eager to spend a lot of money to to try and make it a, just barely make the playoffs team. Even though normally I'm, I'm very much in favor of that. No, yeah, okay. I, since you said it like that, I definitely understand where you're coming from because I feel like it's the same way of where this team is right now. Uh, Oh, like the whole Odell thing with literally a couple things have to line up in order for me to feel very confident and to, to pursue them. So I definitely understand where you're coming from, sir. All right. Odell. Oh, I, sorry. Odell. <laughs> Garnett. <laughs> Odell's best friend over here. <laughs> Garnett, right. always, always great to talk football with you again, my friend. And, and it's been too long. Let's make sure we, uh, we do some more shows this off season uh, and uh, have another chance to talk again. Tell folks where they can f- talk to you about football on Twitter. Well, you know, uh, my my Twitter name is uh, Garnett four seven eight, so G A R N E T. Then the four seven eight right after that, man. Um, just hit me up, add me, follow me, I'll follow you back, and we we'll just talk ball, just talk about anything. To be honest with you, but you know, obviously, Ravens heavy over here. Uh, you know, Ken Ken can vouch for me. You know, great conversations, man. Uh, I never forget the episode that we did together with our uh, one episode. And then ended up being another episode for Rashawn Melvin. That was, that was awesome, man. That was still probably my one of my favorite episodes I ever done, just because of you know the resiliency of a, of a cornerback. But yeah, man, uh, thank you for having me on. Always, always a lot of fun, uh, Garnett. And uh, Garnett is an ex-Marine. For those who don't know, so if you see Semper Fi, that's why. Uh, yes, and uh, he uh, just retired in the last year yeah. or two. Yes, sir. April twelfth last year, so I'm just uh, chilling. That's why I'm growing the hair out. I'm a free man. Uh, uh, my dad go. started losing his hair at 38, so I got like a couple years left on it. So I'm just trying to do what I can 
of this. And um, yeah, man. Oh, and can I have a question? Like, are we expecting a uh, a draft live show this year from you guys? Yes, absolutely. And we'd love to have you on it if you if you've got time to be on. It's always fun. That the that the uh, for folks who didn't join us for the draft show last year. Uh, Garnett was on and he had something going on with Travis Jones' mother on Twitter that was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> so, so he's a great guy to have on and he, he brings, uh, you know, a, a, a fan's perspective, but also, you know, a, 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 a mind that I really appreciate and, and, uh, just a joy for life. And, uh, Garnett, gotta say, really have appreciated your judgment when, whenever we've been able to, to work together, even though we seem to disagree a little bit on, on Odell Beckham's. <laughs> Projections and a little bit of Linda Baum. There's, yeah. you, know, you know, every perfect couple of guys is little. You can't be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, outstanding, my friend. Great to have you on. Other folks out there, if you'd like to be on a film study short this offseason, got lots of opportunity. Whether you want to talk a franchise building topic like we just had with Garnett, or you want to talk about uh, that one play episode, some particular play that really means something to you in Ravens history. Love to talk to you about that as well. Garnett, you haven't been on for one of those yet. We need to get you on for one of those. Uh, yes, I really – I got one, but I'm not going to spoil it on this one. We'll tease it a little bit, but yeah, I got a good one for you. Fair enough. All right, Garnett, thanks again for being on. Thanks for having me, Ken. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.